0: The Greg Shaman Podcast is brought to you by Inns Group Insurance. Ins Group Insurance and Risk Management. Inns Group is ensuring success. And also, Rose Studios. Endurance, strength, and mobility equals perfect fitness. Visit rosestudios.com for more information. Hey, on the podcast today, we have Nick Nick Adair. Nick, along with his sister Katie, is the entrepreneur behind several Houston restaurant concepts, including the super successful Adair Kitchen, the recently opened Eloise Nichols Restaurant in River Oaks, and the fresh new concept Bebitas, which is a super cool new juice bar and cafe where you can find me having some amazing breakfast tacos and juices most mornings. Nick grew up in the restaurant business. His father, Gary, and family are the owners of Adair Family Restaurants, which is is the group behind Los Tios Mexican restaurants and Skeeters Mesquite Grill. He's got an amazing story, so let's get right down to it. Nick Adair on the Greg Shineman podcast. So Nick, tell me a little bit about you know how how you got introduced to the restaurant business. Um, you know, I know there's a family, there's a family history in the restaurant business and growing up, but but tell me a little bit about how you first kind of got introduced to the restaurant business growing up in it. And, and
1: yeah, um, I mean, it's sort of, that's a funny question for me because it's sort of like asking, you know, how'd you get introduced to your parents or your family? It just sort of has always been something that has been there. You know, my dad's been in the restaurant business as long as I've been alive. Um, you know, he has, Skeeter's and Los Tios, which are, you know, two different Houston concepts. Skeeter's, he started from the ground up really when I was about, you know, one. And so that's sort of been a staple in my life, you know, forever. And then he bought Los Tios, you know, coming up on 20 years ago. Los Tios is a sort of a old, you know, it's going to be, you know, 40 plus year old Tex-Mex restaurant. And so really, I just kind of was born and raised and brought up in it and you know I can remember I feel you know like those restaurants were as much as my home as you know where I slept every night you know I was just always in it always around it uh, my dad very much was one of the dads that if I had you know a free weekend or you know definitely when I would you know have summers in high school and I would come home for breaks in college I was always you know, I'd get probably one day to sleep in. And then the next day I was at work at, you know, eight in the morning. And, you know, I have memories of before I could drive, you know, being a cashier at Skeeter's and having my mom pick me up and drop me off from work and all of that stuff. So it was always just something that I grew up around. It was, and it still is just a staple in my life. Uh, I went, you know, high school in Houston. I went to Fort Worth for college at TCU. And, um, you know, I've always just, you know, sort of looked at everything from, you know, through a small business or a restaurant lens, you know, it caused me to be super entrepreneurial and, and how I just look at anything. And, you know, if there's anything that I go through in the day, you know, I'm constantly thinking, you know, how could I do that? What would it look like if I had that business or this or that? And I think that, you know, a restaurant is a great sort of, you know, small business, you know, really big business and a small business, there's not so many variables in it. And there's just so much that goes into it every day that, you know, it's just great to sort of, I'm blessed that I grew up in it because I feel like it's just ingrained in who I am and, you know, how I look at the world. And, you know, I'm really
0: thankful for that. You know, I always say that that at some point in everyone's life, they should, they should spend some time in a restaurant or or work, work in a restaurant. And I still, to this day, think one of my, my best jobs was graduating college and going to work in in a restaurant before I found my quote unquote real job for sure. But but the experience of, of working on a team front of house, back of house, all the moving parts. And how much does it just teach
1: about people in general? Mm -hmm. You know, you get to see so many people on a day to day basis and talk to so many people. And, you know, it teaches you not to be afraid to have conversations and get to know people and, you know, the teamwork aspect and, um, it really is, you know, I say it all
0: the time, everyone should work in a restaurant at some point. Com- completely agree. So growing up in the restaurant and seeing and being around all of it for some, when did you decide, okay, or, or think about what role you wanted to have in the restaurant? Is it, okay, I'm gonna cook, or I'm not gonna cook, or I like the front, or I like the back, or you know what, I just want my own, you know? Yeah. And, to, and to be all, kind of what, what did you gravitate
1: towards? You know, I always sort of looked at and, and like we all do, we kind of look at our dads and what what do they do for a living, and you know what is my dad's day like? And I, you know, some of my favorite things about you know my dad's job always growing up was that you know he never missed a sporting event or he never missed this, and his his schedule sort of had flexibility in it because he was able to kind of you know not make his own schedule. You know, everyone knows how hard restaurants are and how the hours and all of that, but he was just always, to me, seemed like having fun during the day. You know, he always had a smile on his face. He was able to kind of, you know, manipulate his schedule in his days to always be around. He was always home for dinner at night. And, you know, he was just always there. And I loved that. And I loved the freedom. You know, I saw so many of my friend's dads that were, you know, glued to an office all day or sitting at a desk all day. And I loved that, you know, my dad wasn't like that. And and it was always something that you know, I sort of knew that I would get into. Uh, whether or not I said it out loud, I kind of, you know, went back and forth on do I want to go get, you know, a job where, you know, I was a finance major. So do I want to go do banking or something like that, you know, right out of school and go see what else is out there. And, you know, really, it just never was something that I didn't know I would get back into. So, you know, when I graduated in 2009 from college, it was sort of right in the middle of, All the downturn in that. And, you know, I went on a bunch of different interviews and sort of talked to a lot of people that were, you know, my dad's peers and, you know, contacts that I had through college. And, you know, I went down that road of, all right, what's it going to look like if I go get another kind of job or do any of that? And just nothing, I never left one of those meetings or interviews thinking, man, that's what I want to do. I can see myself doing that in 10 years. It just always kind of went back to, I want to do what my dad does. I want to, you know, have that. And, you know, I have always been very like entrepreneurial and creative and I like projects and I like things to start and things to finish and, and creating things. And so the restaurant business was just very much a natural sort of fit into that. I always liked building things and working with my hands and, you know, I saw what you know, my dad got to work with contractors and got to work with real estate guys and got to do, you know, a lot of business stuff and back of the house things. And I've always, you know, liked numbers a lot. And, you know, I saw that he got to do all of those things. And that's really, even today, my favorite part about the restaurant business is how many hats I get to wear on a given day. You know, I get to have relationships Mm -hmm. with people. I get to sort of be the leader of a team. I get to, you know, have projects that start and finish. I get to create things and, um, Just sort of all of that, I get to sort of do so many different things and, you know, looking back on it, I'm not sure where I made the decision where, all right, I'm going to go be in the restaurant business and do this, but, you know, I can't see myself doing anything
0: else. So, so you mentioned a lot about, about your dad's availability, um, and, and the lifestyle and the quality of life, um, you know, that you, you grew up around, which also means that he was successful. I mean, right. you're like, because you're talking about an industry which, which traditionally says, okay, you work extremely long hours, extremely hard, holidays, weekends, all holidays, kinds of, uh, yeah. and and it's interesting to hear you talk about your dad's availability for all these things in an industry that's known for people almost not being as available right. because of the hours that you have to put in to be a successful successful restaurateur. Did you? And it's kind of. Pick up on that, you know, or, or as you've gotten into it yourself now as an owner operator yourself. Yeah. Oh, okay. This availability thing is challenging it because is I challenging. can't. How am I at A Dare Kitchen? How am I at Bibitas? How am I at Eloise Nichols and Avail? Yeah. For sure. You're right. And, you know, one of the things
1: that I've kind of found out and really learned the hard way, and and you know, I think this probably can you know go across a lot of different types of business and really a lot of different sort of areas of your life but it's important to be able to take a step back from it all to really see where it's going. You know, when I you will get into, you know, how Adair Kitchen started and you know, I sort of came up in the restaurant business as a general manager where I was running shifts day to day and and I, you know, definitely when Adair Kitchen opened, I was doing that for for a long time and and until I was able to really bring someone in to to do that, and I was able to take a step back and sort of remove myself from the operation as much as possible, I really got to start making bigger decisions, and really I saw a lot of results in that. You know, there was there was a ton of things that at Aider Kitchen, you know, that I wanted to get to, projects that I wanted to do, or big ticket things that I just couldn't do because every day I was Unlocking the doors or worried about who's going to call in sick for work or getting this shift covered or this shift covered and you know any restaurant manager will tell you that you know you sort of walk into the day with a plan but as soon as you unlock the doors the plan goes out the window and you know I think that's true in a lot of business but you've got to be able to bring people in that you know, you can trust and get your vision so you can take a step back and really look at the whole battlefield. And you can't make educated decisions and really work on big ticket things unless you're able to do that. And so really you can apply it to your life, you can apply it to your relationships, anything. Until you can sort of, you know, get the details taken care of and take a step back and look at the whole play field, you know, you, you can't... That's when you really start to the thing in the right direction. You know, I always use the analogy of like swimming. You know, if you're, you know, paddling so hard and your head's down and you're just trying to stay above water, you know, you can't really see which direction you're moving in. And until you sort of look at the bigger picture and you know, pick a point that that's where we're going. You know, here's how we're going to get there. You know, that's kind of it's it's paramount and all this. So I think that I was able to, you know, come up in an atmosphere where my dad sort of got that too and was able to kind of be in that situation. But, you know, definitely I had to kind of learn it on my own that it's important to be able to remove yourself from the sort of, you know, grind of it all to really develop your business, develop what you're trying to do.
0: Is there a certain point where I guess in any of these new Projects, you know, because they're your babies. And, and again, you've got to take the idea and then you've got to execute the idea. Right. And you said at a certain point, okay, you realize the baby's growing up and maybe I can step back a little bit. Is there a certain, I guess, kind of trigger point for you when you say, okay, um, now's the time in this project that I, I kind of step back? We either reach certain milestones or, or I found the right manager. Yeah. Like, what are the, okay, you know, now's the time where, I can't, I'm not going to pay attention to this and micromanage this every day, but I'm now going to focus my attention either on the bigger picture or the next project down the right. line and when and when when you even pivot back, you know?
1: If you find an answer to that, please <laughs> let me know. Um, it's just kind of one of those things that, and really that we've had a really busy last year, you know, we had two concepts open up within two months of each other and sort of in the last, really they've both only been open you know one six and one eight months so really i'm i'm heavy in those right now and sort of setting that culture and trying to get all the pieces in play but it's been a struggle for me and and learning you know when is too soon to back away and really we didn't have plans to open two at once but it's sort of you know that we always so eloise nickels we were working on it and we always had our eye on the location where Babidis is now, thinking if that ever comes available, we're gonna jump on it. And, you know, life's funny, of course, and sure enough, it comes available. It, It just, you know, when we're up to our eyeballs in this project and my sister and I got in kind of an argument on whether to do it or not. And she won the argument and, you know, we decided it was probably a little bit more than we could handle, but we were gonna try to work our way through it. And you know, it's been a learning experience. My dad always said that going from, you know, one unit to multi-unit is a totally different game. And, you know, we're finding that out. It's been, uh, it's been, a you know, an intense last sort of year and all of our sort of our team will tell you that, you know, my sister and, and Joseph Stasich, who, who sort of is a big part of the operation and really all of our team, you know, it's been a learning experience for all of us. And, you know, but I always have found that, you know, in my kind of short professional life, whenever you kind of bite off more than you can chew or sort of get in over your head a little bit, that's when you learn the most. You know, there's stages looking back that I can sort of see that, you know, shoot, I thought I was, you know, when we opened our Kitchen, so to kind of jump into that story. So I've been working for my dad for, you know, two or three years out of college and, and I'd kind of been working my way up and I sort of, you know, as soon as I made up my mind that I was going to get into the restaurant business, he was sort of like, all right, I hope you're ready. (laughs) You know, we had that conversation and, and I, you know, went out to Katie and learned, you know, at a Skeeter's out there for a few months and I just sort of bounced around doing everything. And so, you know, I thought that I sort of had jobs in high school and growing up, working all the positions, but really I spent more or less three years kind of, in the grind of it all you know every day and and it was hard and all my friends had desk jobs and they were making you know good money and out of college and going to happy hours on Thursday and out to dinner on Friday nights and you know I was closing down restaurants as you know a shift leader and assistant manager Mm -hmm. and this and that and I just it it was a struggle for me and but looking back on it now you know I learned so much in those years I just I there's no way I could do my job now if I hadn't played all those positions and been through all that and then so finally you know my goal throughout that whole time it was never really on my radar to go open my own restaurants I thought that you know one time one day down the line I would do that but it wasn't you know really in my even five-year plan I sort of thought that I would continue working for my dad you know I would sort of eventually get out of working in the actual restaurants and kind of get into the office and sort of start learning you know kind of back to that original goal I want to be doing what my dad does and you know I it was, that was what I was shooting for. And so I thought that I would sort of get into the office and learn his job. And then, you know, I had this sort of picture in my mind that, you know, one day he'd retire and then we maybe we would build some more Los Tios or build some more Skeeters and, and it just, that was sort of my path. And that's what I sort of thought would happen. And so all of a sudden, you know, sort of to keep this forever story brief. Um, I had, Finally, you know, I think I'd been working for my dad for three or four years. I was 25 and I had just gotten sort of a promotion that it was like, all right, you're going to start doing some work in the office, you know, you start learning how we do some of our accounting and back of the house stuff. And I was just couldn't, I can't tell you how excited I was because it was like, okay, now I'm going to have, you know, that, (laughs) that desk that I wanted or thought I wanted and and this and that, and, you know, kind of getting more normal hours and that kind of stuff. And so my dad got a call that a restaurant was going out of business habaneros which is where eight Air kitchen is now um would you like to come look at it to possibly put a list there and it was sort of a unique situation because the restaurant closed down and basically they were behind on some of their payables and they got locked out by the landlord so we went i think they closed on like a wednesday afternoon my dad and i went and walked through it on like a thursday and he was just sort of letting me tag along you know i was just mm-hmm. kind of you know i thought it'd be good for me to go see some of these spots or whatever so we walked through and, and literally the, the tables were still set there was still food in the walk in you know it was a running restaurant that just didn't get to open that day and so where he was in his career he wasn't really trying to open more or do you know he was sort of getting in the mindset of how do i start you know folding this up to you know move on or i, I won't say retire but you know, he just wasn't looking to keep expanding and keep expanding and all of that. But we both knew that it was such a good, you know, opportunity for someone. So, you know, he kind of thought about it and, and and basically said, you know, thanks, but no thanks. Just not really where I am in my career right now. But I, on the side, my sister, who's my business partner now, Katie, had been living in California with her husband who was going to graduate school. And they were about to move home in a few months. And You know, Katie and I were sort of, I told her about this and we kind of talked along the side and she, you know, I'll give her all the credit, finally was the one that sort of shook me and said, hey, we should do something here. You know, this is such a good spot, such a good location. You know, you don't very often walk into just totally built out restaurants that are ready to run and somebody's looking to throw the Mm -hmm. keys to somebody. And so, you know... My sister is incredibly talented. She's such a creative person. And, you know, she sort of started working on this concept that she had in her mind that was really based off of a lot of California restaurants. It was sort mm-hmm. of healthier. And we wanted to do breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And, you know, we wanted to do counter service for breakfast and lunch. And we sort of just started to develop a business plan. And and I kind of ran some numbers and, and drew out a super basic kind of break even and performa on it. And we kind of went to our dad and we said, hey, you know we want to do this. And, you know, he looked over everything and, you know, I think that, you know, he looked kind of at my numbers that I had drawn out and we had sort of a break even of, you know, I forget exactly what it was, but I think it was about, you know, I always work in weeks. So we needed to run like $25,000 a week to pay our bills, you know, and we could do that Mm -hmm. and, and all that. So he goes, all right, well this all kind of checks out, but if y'all want to do it, you're going to have to find a way to pay for it and so we went and we got a hundred thousand dollar loan you know we took it out in all our names sort of the kids and um you know we had a whole long list of things we wanted to do to this space but we just couldn't and so you know we kind of changed around you know the paint color and and sort of this and that and sort of mask up a different restaurant look and got a new sign and and really got open in, in six months which is just to think looking back on it to think of it was just you know unheard of so many things fell into place and that you know my sister was moving back and the space was you know such that it was and and all of that so again you know I just sort of knew I had experience in running a restaurant so mm-hmm. I was like I'll be the general manager of this thing which you know cranks down the break even even more you sure. know just kind of getting into it that I felt confident that we could run, you know, that number every week to stay in business. And so, you know, we opened the doors and, and lo and behold, it just sort of took off. And, you know, I, I don't, you know, it took maybe two or three weeks and we were, you know, running 30,000 a week and then a little bit more and we were running 40,000 a week. And all of a sudden it got to be this beast that it was growing and growing and growing and, It was really more than, you know, going into it, I I thought I was pretty good little restaurant run, you know, manager. And I I knew Mm -hmm. what I was doing and learned pretty quick that this operation got a whole lot bigger than me really fast. Um, So it was me and one other manager and we were kind of running that place and just, you know, working ourselves to the bone, you know, 89 hour weeks all the time and and all of this and just sort of trying to piece it together. And, and really kind of back to what we were talking about earlier, I found out pretty quick that we've got to get some people in here. I was scared to death every day that we would get more people through the door than, you know, we were just making, I always say, that's more enemies than friends. Mm-hmm. You know, it just, <clears throat> if you if you can just get to a place where you just, you're making friends and not making so many enemies. I felt like every day we were doing a terrible job because we didn't have the people and we were growing so fast. And you know, I was scared to death all the time. But, you know, looking back again, that's another point in my career where I was over my head, but learning, learning mm-hmm. so much and just sort of putting myself through those paces. So again, kind of going into that 8 Kitchen project, I thought that, you know, I might be the general manager of this thing for a few months until I can get somebody in that I can kind of take a step back. But I ended up running it for two years and, you know, we had two years of solid every week was busier than the week before every <laughs> week was busier than the week before. And it's really never even slowed down, you know, eight kitchen, there's been some points throughout the whole deal that, you know, have been big jumps for us in the sense that like when I was able to remove myself from the day to day operations and we were able to bring somebody in that knew a lot more than me. And so the store started running better and, you know, we took a jump there and then, you know, just a few different things happen. The online ordering and how Mm -hmm. delivery services kinda come in and that was another jump. And, you know, this is gonna be, you know, the second quarter of 2017 will be the busiest quarter we've ever had there. And it's just hard to believe that, you know, it's this monster that continues to eat and grow and all of that. And so it's just been in itself such a good learning experience for me on you know, how to run a small business that all of a sudden Isn't that small anymore? And Mm -hmm. you know, it has these, you know, just where you want to fall on the spectrum of you know how efficient is too efficient, and where do we want to be? You know, one side of totally chef driven, and another side of totally production driven, and where do we want to fall in Mm -hmm. that sort of spectrum of things, and and all of that, and the decisions that you have to make in that, and so, you know, Ader Kitchen did so well, and I'm so lucky that it did so well, and there's a million reasons besides myself that, that has caused it to do that. Um, but it's, it's allowed us in the last year to go up in two more restaurants and, you know, take what we learned there and really sort of start, you know, trying to put the same things into place for these different concepts and, you know, all the way back to your sort of to loop around, sorry, longest answer ever, um, (laughs) longest answer ever here is, you know, when do you start to feel that you can back out? And I don't think there's really a right answer. It's just sort of, That's one of the fun things that I've enjoyed about, you know, not just having eight-year kitchen and all of a sudden going and doing two more eight-year kitchens and then three more eight-year kitchens, but, you know, we've done, our sort of five to 10-year goal has been, let's try a few different concepts and really see what works and what Mm -hmm. we enjoy the most. And, you know, they're all sort of different and every day is different. And so it's a challenge in the sense that we're trying to figure out one operation at Bebetus while also trying to figure out another entirely you know entire concept it it always nickels but oh yeah we're still got eight kitchen going on and so I don't know right now I'm kind of in the battle of and we all are you know Joseph Stasich and I were laughing the other day that you know we're both in sort of positions that we've never really been in so it's kind of working through what's the best use of our time what's the best use and Mm -hmm. Katie and I talk about that all the time that you know, what do we want our jobs to look like? What what are we best at? And what do we need to be doing? And what do we want to bring other people to do? And, you know, just kind of mix and matching and and seeing what works and what doesn't. And, you know, it's cool to look back on what our original concept for Ada Kitchen was. We're so different from that today because it's a moving target, right? Yep. And it's, it's constantly looking at what's working, what's going well, what's not working, what's not going well. Let's change the things that, aren't going well, keep the things that are. And it's just a fluid thing. And so definitely, you know, Babetus is a concept that we thought up and a new concept. And Eloise Nichols is sort of a new concept that we thought up. So we're really heavy in that, you know, sort of timeline right now of what's working, what's going well at both of these things. And the challenge is doing it two times at once, you know, we can't be there all the time. And so splitting up our time there, I don't know. We're just learning, you know, what, what is a good day? What does an optimal week look like? What
0: does an optimal day look like?
1: You know, what's best for the restaurants?
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's fascinating. It's fascinating stuff because I said, you kind of, you came from the, from, from the family business. And then you jumped right in, you know, you now have another dynamic of working with your sister, right? right? And, and we can yeah. dovetail into, <laughs> into working with family. You know, in that regard, it's one thing to have your father take you in and learn from your dad. It's another thing to become partners with your sibling mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and to go into business. Then you experience early success with, with a dare kitchen, which is fantastic, you know, by, by the way, and you make that next decision to not, let's say, do another one. It's right. sort of like the safe decision. Okay. Yeah. Would be let's go do another ADR kitchen and yeah. maybe a different part of town, you know, or somewhere that's close enough for me to get to every day. Right. But we can do we can do this. We already took the big risk. Yeah. And that risk is paying off. We can maybe make the safer play, um, and also to a certain extent, that's what you know because yeah. multiple Skeeters, Skeeters, Mosteos, so on and so forth, and their replicable concepts. And you guys go out and say, okay, now we're going to, let's just take a bigger risk right now. Let's do something else that's completely, you know, completely different. Um, And it's definitely like, you
1: know, one of the good things about sort of Aider Kitchen success is we got, we get to see deals all the time. You know, people will come to us and say, hey, what about putting an Aider Kitchen here, an Adair Kitchen here, an Aider Kitchen here? We sort of knew in the back of our minds that we weren't, our next project was not going to be an Aider Kitchen. So the challenge was to go to these guys and say, you know that wanted us to put a or Kitchen in a spot and say, you know, what if we did this in that spot or what if we did this in that spot? Very much Katie and I's kind of mentality is find a good retail spot that you really like and then design a concept about what's going to work the best right there. You know, our sort of, if, if you had to sort of pick an underlying motto for what we want our restaurants to all be is neighborhood places. You know, I think some of the biggest reasons for the success of eight air kitchen is the people that live around there and work around there have just bought into us. And, you know, they, we owe everything to those people. And, you know, in a weird way, we hope that we belong to them. You know, they think that, oh I've got this really cool spot right down the street, eight air kitchen. And so, you know, it, it always sort of in my mind, if we went and opened another one, you know, Two or three miles away, it sort of dilutes them both in a weird way. You know, people don't feel like they belong to that spot as much as they as they would. And so,
0: but you guys have done a great job of, I get branding yourselves. I mean, around around the concepts that you that you've developed. While they're not chef driven per se. Right. Uh, they're certainly food driven and quality of food and the overall experience, but. You've done a really good job of making it about family. You know, mm-hmm. making it about yourselves. I mean, obviously Adair, you know, being the last name and Elise and Nichols, and we'll get into how uh, that those are named. But while not being chef driven and going after, let's say, the culinary accolades, you know, and the president, you have made them very much about family, you know, and, and a neighborhood place, which get from a business standpoint is really astute, you know, because of what you guys were able to do then and not be as dependent on, yeah. let say one, one chef in the kitchen. And if that doesn't work out conceptually, you yeah. have to change or you win a lot of awards, but maybe don't sell a lot of food. Right. And there's, I there, mean, at there's a seen, balance
1: in it all, right? You've seen and all so of those things. it's. Mm-hmm. it's You know, I think it's funny to look back on and and the reason we probably didn't hire a chef at eight or kitchen off the jump was not because we didn't think that we needed it, but we just didn't have the money to do it. And so a lot of the recipes, my mom likes to cook a lot and a lot of, we wanted it to be, you know, it's funny to look back on it and really reflect. I don't probably do it enough, but who we wanted to be when we opened the doors and we wanted it to feel like a place that was a kitchen like my mom would cook in. And we like I said earlier, you know, we, family was always important to us. We ate around the dinner table all the time. My mom cooked a ton. And in so many of our original recipes at our Kitchen were her recipes or my grandmother's recipes. And, mm-hmm. and as we brought in more talent in the kitchen, and, and now we have incredible talent at really all of our spots. And now we're, you know, luckily through the success of ADR Kitchen, we were able to bring in some really talented chefs at Eloise and, and really at Babitas too. And but it's funny going back to some of our bestsellers or those original recipes that were my, you know, moms and grandmothers and and sort of those staples. So there is a balance there. It's, it's important to us to not try to get too chef-driven. And, and, you know, our job is not to teach anyone about food or what food should be or, you know, I'm very much of the mindset that, you tell us what you want and we'll design a concept around it, you know, as a customer, mm-hmm. if, if the customers, what the customers want is what we want to produce. And so, uh, you know, I think that we, we looked hard to find guys and, and chefs and, you know, Daniel Toro and Joseph Stasich and, you know, all the guys that we kind of have brought into this, you know, it was important before we hired them that they understood that, you know, we're not trying to educate people on, you know, what something should taste like, or what's good and what's not good. Mm-hmm. But you know, we want to make our customers happy. That's what we're here to do. And you know, at the end of the day, that's all that really matters.
0: Well, us. I think it works. I mean, it works obviously. Um, and 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 it's also, I think you know, from the outside looking in, I think your contemporaries or people look at you and they and they look at Katie and they say, oh, okay, you know, oh. I want to eat what they're eating, you know. I want to yes. go to their places, and and they they seem like they got it cover. They're I opening up different stuff, <laughs> and no, but I do. I think people gravitate, you know, they gravitate towards that because most can't do it themselves or don't, as you talked about the lifestyle that that you didn't grow up in either. Most of us. You know, we are sitting in an office, you know, all day. We're not having dinners around the table, family dinners and recipes and all. And when we look for, well, who's going to provide our entertainment? You know, who's going to mm-hmm. provide that feeling, that welcoming right. feeling? Who's going to who's going to provide us with that place or, or somebody to look at and emulate and go, OK. Yeah. They think that's good. And you know what, I'm going to try that. And that is actually pretty good. And and they seem to be healthy and they seem to be balancing, yeah. you know, work and life. And these, I'm going to, I'm going to gravitate over there and, and you know what the chia pudding does taste good. Yeah. You know? And the juice and, is good.
1: I mean, I, I love that. It's sort of a collaborative thing. We take our cues from our customers. Like hopefully maybe they take some cues from us, but we, you know, we like to look whenever we make changes on the menu, you know, we always pull product mixes and we see What's working well and what's getting good responses and what's not and maybe why not and what's causing that. So if we're going to change anything, we'll change things on the lower side of that product mix and not on the higher side of that product mix. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that you can definitely keep your staples and food and all that and sort of rotate in, you know, the freshest ingredients you can. Maybe peaches are in season this summer. So. We'll switch out pears for peaches on salads or anything mm-hmm. like that, and you know that's one of the things that sort of bringing in more talent has, you know, allowed us to do and really I think helped us step up our game is some of that stuff. But you know, really, it's just sort of I want to create a restaurant that I want to eat at, and you know, Katie does that too, and and really all of our team. We kind of get together and and if if Katie were to design a restaurant totally by herself, it might look like one thing. And if I were to go design a restaurant totally on my own, top to bottom, it would be something totally different. And if you were to go do something, it might be something totally different too. So it's, you know, I think one of the reasons that Katie and I are such good business partners is we're sort of at different stages of our lives. You know, she has children and is married and and that whole deal. And I'm you know, a little bit younger, and I'm a guy. And so I have a sort of a restaurant that I might go eat out with my guy friends, and she has a restaurant that she's going to take her family to. And so we try to marry that and really cast as big of a net as we can for, you know, getting people in the door. And we want to be a place that, you know, 8 Kitchen's Kitchen is a good example that, you know, moms can come in, you know, after dropping the kids off at school and, and guys, you know, there can be business meetings going on and there can be, you know, PGA meetings going on and there can be, you know, date nights going on, anything. Mm -hmm. And you can kind of make it what you want it to be. And that's a neighborhood restaurant, right? That's what you want a neighborhood restaurant to be. And that's sort of our goal in this whole deal.
0: Flip side. um, So what gets you going? Like what hasn't worked, you know, what what bugs you and, and then I say, you know, yeah. What, what doesn't fit into, into your world, your brand, you know, the way, the way you and Katie are doing things.
1: I'm a big, and, and we're sort of going through this at all of our restaurants and, and I want to create an environment for our staff that people will want to go to work, you know, and want to be there because I feel like if our employees are happy, they're going to provide a better product for our customers. Um, so, you know, one of the things that, I don't do it all as bad attitudes can't handle it. You know, I'm just not going to, you know, and it's a work in progress. As soon as you sort of, you know, feel like you get all your people in place, you know, somebody leaves or something happens and it kind of gets shaken up, but you know, I want to go to work every day at a place that I want to be at. And I want, you know, all of our employees to go to work every day in a place that they want to be at. And it's so much easier said than done. And You know, everybody knows that the restaurant business is constant turnover and and we have a lot of that. But, you know, one of the cool things about ADR Kitchen is we've set up a culture there where we don't have a ton of turnover because I think that, you know, it's sort of like a family to those guys. And we've got, you know, Lord knows we've had some characters come through there that, you know, we've employed throughout the years. But, you know, you get to a certain base and your sort of staff will... Do a lot of your hiring and firing for you. You know, they'll run off bad apples and they'll, you know, keep around, you know, the ones that want to stay. So Kate Arnold, who's our general manager at Air Kitchen, is, you know, seven and a half months pregnant. And she'll be leaving us soon. And, you know, yesterday I walked into our normal two o'clock afternoon meeting at Air Kitchen. And uh, I basically walked into a surprise baby shower that they were throwing for Kate. And it's just so cool for me to walk in and see you know that kind of stuff going on that mm. really i had nothing i didn't plan that you know they planned that and you know it's just if you can create that kind of family atmosphere you know it's welcoming for everybody so you know that's a big goal of ours um you know i what gets me going i just i i'm super proud of what we've built and where we are you know not to say that we don't have so much work to do but you know, I love our team and I love all our guys. And, you know, we've got just a really solid group of people that at the end of the day, most of them know a lot more about restaurants than I do. And really, that's what, you know, I learn from them every day as much as hopefully maybe some of them learn from my, from me and, and just, I'm, I'm proud of Katie. I'm proud of, you know, all the work that she's put into this at the same time of raising a family and doing all of that. Um, and then just sort of looking at, you know, what I want the next step for us to be. And, and, you know, I don't really ever see, you know, we kind of came up in the restaurant business and now we have three restaurant concepts in Houston. And I don't know that our next step will be another restaurant. Um, you know, I kind of, like I said, I sort of have always had a huge interest in just kind of small business and business in general. And, you know, I'm, I'm constantly looking at, you know, any kind of business on you know what would it look like if I ran that what would I do differently what would work what wouldn't work and uh I don't know what our next step is I can't be certain that it's going to be another restaurant I can't be certain that it's going to be in Houston but you know I kind of where I want to be in 20 or 30 years is you know maybe have my hand in a few different kinds of small business I love 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 small business I love service businesses Um, and so I don't know but I, I really love to learn about it I think that you know, careers for everybody should be a work in progress and sort of, it's important to know what you don't know and continue to try to get better and, you know, never act like you're the smartest guy in the room. Uh, And, you know, that's one of the things that I like, you know, you and I have talked about so much is I love your podcast because you get to talk to so many different sort of types of people and and types of businesses. And, you know, I, I envy that about your job is that you get to see so many different sort of areas and, and this and that. And while they can be totally different at the end of the day, small business is small business. And, um, you know, that's just kind of what
0: I like. No, I, I couldn't agree with you more there. I mean, I think the idea of, of and the opportunity to learn from different entrepreneurs, different risk takers that are out there and, and hear their stories. And, and there are so many similarities regardless of what the actual right. business actually is. You right. know? Um, but just, how they operate, and the chances that they've taken, the successes and the failures, and the stumbling blocks, and all, all along the way, and there's also no substitute, or, or it's a small, I think, and, and pretty exclusive club. Those those who have done it, I for mean, sure. What success or it. not, you, yeah. you kind
1: of you know you you get it, and it's the challenges and, and all of that. It's, it's, it's not easy, but it's no, so I mean the rewarding. difference
0: between success and failure is, I mean, is, is marginal. It's yeah. it completely marginal. Um, you know, better to be lucky than good in a lot of cases, For but sure. look, the the guy that goes out there and he takes the risk and he signs the lease and he finds the financing and he wakes up at four o'clock every morning and opens yeah. the door and closes it at 9.00 PM. I mean, that that's a small club, yeah. you know, of, of people, um, they get the chance to try to make something like, like that work, you know, mm-hmm. in there too. Um, and I try to learn as much as I can from these stories and other operators. And one of the things about this business that I've always enjoyed is I want to, I get to see it from the other side, you know, in, in there too, you know, um, And, you know, even as I've met your dad by having the office on top of row, you know, the gym that I was involved in. I mean, those are the stories where one's operating a restaurant and one's trying to figure out how to, how to get a gym up and running, you know, and get, and get people in the door too. And then you talk about this one, not showing up for a shift and this one. It's the same stuff. You show up in the morning with a plan. And by the time you open the door and the first class is over, you're at a different mm -hmm. and but you got to love that kind of stuff for sure. Uh, I mean, there's, there's nothing boring. No, no days are the same, but no days, days, days are boring. I got, I got to ask you one other thing. So with the relationship, obviously with your, with your dad and having gone out and done your own thing. And this is, I guess for, for Katie too, but some things have gone on also at Skeeters, you know, there've been some changes at Skeeters overall and some things in there. Um, yeah, Talk to me a little bit about the dynamic of kind of putting maybe your stamp or some of your ideas, you know, into a business that's also been around for a while and how that trust dynamic, you know, between father and son and family kind of works. It's interesting to me. Okay. You say, yeah, you can try that or don't try this. If it's not broken, don't fix it. Or I've been doing it this way for a long time. You know, that's a really interesting dynamic to me. And I see you guys eating in there together and doing it, but then the... The logo, you know, on the brick will change, and yeah. and the cucumber will be in the water instead, you right. know? and and the coffee bar is a little bit different. And you go, okay, I'm seeing some things, you know, yeah. in here with the breakfast program or with the menu, and you go, okay, next generation a little bit, maybe. Sure. a What do I dare?
1: It's been it's been you know funny that it it's I think it's worked out really well for my dad and I that. Adair kitchen came along and I kind of got to go make some mistakes on my own. You know, I got to kind of do it from the ground up and and granted he was there all along to sort of, you know, he always says, and and we've laughed that he was there to kind of let us bump into the rails, but he was never going to let us go off the cliff. So, um, you know, we kind of learned and made mistakes and did all this. And so, you know, all of a sudden, from where Aider Kitchen started, fast forward five years. Now, as my dad is sort of starting to take a step back and, and figuring out, you know, what is, you know, what do things look like as he wants to take step out? You know, he trusts that I know how to run multi-unit restaurants and this and that. And so, whereas I've learned so much from my dad over the years and, and not just in, in business, but you know, he's my, biggest role model but hopefully he's learned a little bit from us too and we've gotten to you know that's one of the good things about having multiple concepts too is you sort of get to see what works and what doesn't across the the whole Mm -hmm. scale you know so this is you know we're doing this at eight air kitchen and it's getting really good response like let's try it out at skeeters and then you know we're doing this at the beatus and people seem to really like this kind of coffee like maybe let's try to roll this out at you know wherever Mm -hmm. so we get to kind of we're in a position now where we still very much keep things separate and Skeeters and Les Tios on one side and, and, you know, AK and Eloise Nichols and Babitas on the other. But, you know, we're starting that conversation about, you know, what does this look like in five years? How do we start to kind of blend what we've learned on both sides of the, of the aisle into kind of one operation? And, uh, it's really been fun it's been, you know, it for sure, I think that you know we've had times where we butt heads on certain things and all Mm -hmm. of that naturally but um all in all we're just in a really good spot to where you know i think that he probably trusts me that i know what i'm doing a little bit more than he used to and probably shouldn't have trusted me back then when i thought you know he should have and and all of that kind of stuff but you know looking forward we kind of went into the west u skeeters and you know put a little money into it and trying to kind of you know, pick it up a little bit to, you know, a different kind of brand level, and and we're starting that process. and And what does it look like? Kind of merging these two, and and you know, if, if one of you know, we sort of, you kind of have to draw a line in the sand. that this is what we want our brand to be, and then you again take a step back and look at all your locations and say, hey, you know, Skeeters in Westview is. 30 years old now, like, does it meet that brand standard? And if not, what do we need to go in and do to kind of get Mm -hmm. it to that level? And, uh, really I'm excited about that. It'll be sort of a, again, another kind of learning situation for, for us. And, you know, all of a sudden one day here in the near future, we're going to go from running three restaurants to running 11, if nothing changes. And, and that'll be a sort of Whole another process and and how that looks and we're sort of starting to walk through all of that and have conversations about that and um, I'm looking forward to it. You know, he's again our sort of bottom line in this whole deal is we want to be neighborhood restaurants and you know Skeeters and Los Tios, if they're nothing else, they're neighborhood restaurants that you know belong to the community, belong to the people that go in there all the time, and you know we want to do right by them and you know just do the best job we can in that
0: so, so they are neighborhood restaurants but they are yours okay and they're two. And and you did say that that you and katie you want to have restaurants that are the kind of food and the places that you want to go and eat at can you do that you know can you go in there and relax actually uh and do it and and if not, you know. So, where where are you going? Who do you who do you like? You know, yeah. where, where where do you go? Uh, I mean, it's a it's a tough one. You know, I've, I guess the short answer is no. I can't. I'm terrible
1: mm. at, and, and all my friends and and anybody will tell you that I'm no fun to eat at at our restaurants. You know, I'm constantly looking around and, and really we grew up yelling at my dad for doing the same things and then sort of now we're in that position to where but
0: you can't help it right you can't and help you, it can. you walk in you look at an air conditioning filter in the corner yeah. you know you, you see something and you can't help
1: it yeah and and but that's a good thing too you know mm-hmm. it's sort of you need that and 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 that's but I do it everywhere so to be fair you know I go to you know any restaurant and you know you kind of feel gum under the tables or any of that. And you're looking around and you're, I'm, you know, time and ticket times on my mm-hmm. phone and in and, and my head and, and all of that. But, you know, I think people always ask me, am, am I hard on restaurants? Cause I'm in the restaurant business. And mm-hmm. really, I think it's, it's the opposite. I feel like I'm, I know the amount of work that goes into things and I know, you know, how many pieces need to come together to make, a meal that a lot of people probably take for granted and Mm -hmm. just sort of expect things to happen. And, uh, I know what it looks like behind the scenes. I know all that kind of stuff. So really, I just love going, you know, anywhere and looking around and seeing what's going on and what people are doing. And I think in the last five years in Houston, it's just, the amount of talent that has come into the city and really just developed in the restaurant business is, is crazy. And it's, it's, it's a great thing. And, and all of that, it it makes us all better. Uh, So, you know, as far as, you know, the operations that I respect it, you know, again, kind of, there's, there's all ends of the spectrum, you know, you, you, if if I had to pick an operation that, you know, I look and say, I don't know how they do that. Really, it's going to sound surprising, but it's like, it's the pappuses and and how do they on that scale provide that level of just perfection and service and little things like that. It just, I respect it so much and, and all of that. But at the same time, you know, you can look at just so many of the just incredible culinary restaurants that are chef driven and, and how they do that and how they get, you know, Uchi is a good example. It just blows my mind every time I go in there that, mm-hmm. you know, top to bottom, you know, how good that operation is. And, you know, you can just sort of, again, one of the, my favorite things about what we do is you can kind of pick and choose what things you like and what things you don't and how mm-hmm. many, you know, different variables go into any different restaurant. You know, it's not about the, it's not only about the food. It's not only about the drinks. It's not only about the service. It's not only about the atmosphere, or the music or any one thing and that's why it's so hard to sort of put your finger on what's successful and what's not is because there's just a hundred variables that go to into any one meal you know from you know let's say Greg you're coming to Elway's Nichols from the second you pull into the parking lot to how you're valeting your car to the second you leave you know there's a million things that were put in front of your face that somebody made a decision on and, and really it's people that are outside of my control that still sure yeah uh, affect how you perceive what we're doing Mm -hmm. Um, and so just looking at how other people do things and what works for other people and that's one that's been one of the fun things about really growing as much as we have in the last year is we've had to hire some people and and, you know we've really brought in some good people from different concepts and different backgrounds and, and you know my goal when I'm hiring anyone is always try to hire someone that's better at it than you are you know and you know, I kind of grew up doing things a certain way via how I was brought up in my dad's restaurants. And Mm -hmm. then, you know, as we sort of bring in people that have worked at different concepts or in different cities or different towns and looking, you know, well, what did y'all do in this case? And what did y'all do in this case? And what worked well for you? And what did you like there? And what did you not like there? And, and just sort of, you know, I wish that there was more of a you know, a forum where I could get together with other restaurant guys in Houston and be like, what's working and what's not. But in granted, you know, with the competition and the way things are, I, I'm not surprised that there's not, but
0: it's hard. I tried it. Yeah. I mean, I, I tried it. Actually, we did it on two occasions. I think we invited yeah, you to yeah. one, um, and, and had some of the best and brightest in, in there. Um, but it's very challenging, you're right, because again, everybody is going through their own experience, whatever whatever that may be, you know, and to what degree of, of transparency and to yeah, what it do is you so want to to put things out there. It is a competitive landscape. Um, you know, and some, you know, more than others are more I guess secure and in and telling you, Hey, we're doing this and this is working this or is this working, is not yeah. working, and others maybe having a rougher time time with stuff. Um yeah, I think that's what the restaurant association has always struggled with a little bit, and, yeah. and Jonathan Horowitz is doing an amazing job now as president of trying sure. to, to do that. I mean, and, and we've tried to put decision makers, kind of power players, you know, influential owners and operators together for different for different reasons, but it is it is challenging, um, almost in a way easier to go out of state you know yeah for sure you know and then then to do it with everybody that's right here you know in in the same backyard when we were opening Eloise
1: Nichols you know we sort of you know we had never really played the chef game with Ada Kitchen but we knew we wanted to bring in some more talent in Mm -hmm. that area for Eloise Nichols and so we were kind of like all right where do we start in this deal and really we went and and met with a guy in Austin and you know I sat down and, and Katie and I and and Alice who sort of Works with us as well. We all sat down and we kind of started talking, and I think it dawned on him too that it was like, man, this is really nice to sort of talk to someone that mm-hmm. speaks your language and kind of knows the challenges and and all of that that's sort of outside of your circle. Uh, so there's just so much to learn, and and it's that's one of the cool things about the restaurant business is it's ever evolving, and you know, there's you know, hopefully you know, we're only scratching the surface. I know that I've got a lot to learn. And and that's one of the things that I've loved about sort of what we've done in the last year or two. And I'll be the first to tell you that, you know, we bit off more than we could chew. And I was in over my head a little bit, but coming out of it, I look back on, you know, where I am right now versus where I was, you know, a year or two ago. And, and I love to see that. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's just been a lot of fun and hopefully, you know, kind of the next step and sort of, you know, whatever we go do, whether it's opening new locations or another kind of business or take on my dad's stuff, it's just cool to see, you know, I guess when I was 25 and I was, you know, rolling the dice that I could run $25,000 a week at Ader Kitchen. And then all of a sudden, you know, I think that, you know, we might do 20 million in sales across all the stores this year. It's just like cool to see how it's grown and and we're sort of in a better spot now to kind of hand off what my dad's doing to us and and all of that. So I'm just super excited about sort of the outlook. I'm really excited about all the work that the team's kind of put in to get us to where we are and and really how much our team has grown and all the people that I've met and, and the people that I get to work with every day and my sister, it's just, you know, I'm so proud of all of them. Um, so I don't know, I'm pretty, excited about the future and you know excited about where we are now you know we've got plenty of work to do with what we've got on the ground so uh you know I want people to know that we're just trying to get better all the time and every day and we've got a long way to go but you know I I so appreciate the people of Houston you know having bought in the way they have and and really just you know all of it guys like you it's just it's great to sort of be in this community and and you know I'm proud to be a part of it well
0: it's it's awesome to watch. It, it's terrific to have gotten to know you and, and your family. Nick Adair, Adair Kitchen, Eloise Nichols, Debidas, Los Tios, Skeeters, the whole, the whole family <laughs> affair. Thank you so much for your time. Let's consider this part one because there's a right. lot more to talk yeah, about uh, a lot more going on. We know that this is just just the beginning we worked through probably half of what I had on my, <laughs> okay on there but um, I really appreciate your your candor you know your being forthcoming on the story it's uh, it's really cool stuff so thanks for thanks for taking the time thanks, to do great. it appreciate. It. The Greg Scheiman podcast is presented by InsGroup. InsGroup Group Insurance and Risk Management. Inns Group is ensuring success. For more information, go to insgroup.net and also by Rose Studios. Endurance, strength and mobility equals perfect fitness. For more information, visit rosestudios.com.